0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
1: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality
0: simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up?
0: If I'm not a
2: crook.
1: Are you ready to go?
2: Shame on, shame on you.
1: <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's top hat.
2: Hosted by Ben Kissel.
1: Boom, yeah. we can't get fooled again. Trying to sneak a Santos past me. <laughs> <laughs> fucking liberal. Yeah, Poke Spider sense just went <laughs> off. <laughs> All right, ready to go? Welcome to the show, everyone. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. We're joined by Jim Poke. Hello. Uh, this is great. Let's talk about some Brooklyn justice, or should I say, misjustice. Uh, uh, of course, former uh, Brooklyn DA. Um, old Man Hines Charles <laughs> Old Man Hines He's currently being investigated for what 200,000 bucks in campaign funds uh, gone wrong It is a million dollars It's a million yeah, now? Yeah, a million, million dollar larceny rap that he's uh, wrapped up in right now Oh my goodness And then he's also uh, He's involved in this scandal involving The very uh, stereotypically named Detective Louis Scarkella yeah. Who definitely seems like uh, Johnny Depp should be playing him in a movie At some point <laughs> Put on some weight but uh, let's talk about this Scarkella guy. Now, he's being investigated for 57 wrong conv- uh, convictions, right? 50, yeah. yeah 50 yeah. of them right now? Yeah, yeah. And one dude just got released, this uh, David Retina character. Yeah,
2: David Ranta. He served Ranta. 23 years in prison for uh, allegedly shooting a rabbi in the face uh, during a robbery gone wrong. Right. Yes. But he didn't. No, he did not. No, no. But no, somebody shot the rabbi in the face. Somebody definitely. We got to find the rabbi, the rabbi the face shooter. He's still on the loose. <laughs> no, there was a 13 year old witness, the only witness to the crime. Uh, this kid was 13 years old. He said he was uh, extensively coached by this guy Scarkella mm. and uh, there was actually no. There was one more witness who said that he got a good look at the killer's face, and he said that Ranta was 100 percent not the guy who shot him, not the
1: guy at all. And you have his 13 year old witness, and this is I uh, I don't trust him. A 13-year-old, as a defense attorney, Jim, the only witness you got is a 13-year-old kid. A, I mean, it's a
3: weak case. It sucks, right? I mean, witnesses are usually terrible, and then you get into child witnesses, and it's, it gets even all the worse.
1: Although, I guess it would be easier to coach him and kind of tell him what, uh, what you want oh, him to say. Oh, of course it would. I, I mean, but that's therein lies the problem. Because right. coached witnesses,
3: when they're not telling the truth, never do as well. I actually just cross-examined an eight-year old the other day, and she was obviously coached whenever she didn't know the answer to something to say, "I don't recall." Mm-hmm. Right. And it became this absurd piece of testimony because she could recall
1: I mean, toward- you know, mostly
3: irrelevant things, but all these significant things in the particular case, she couldn't recall. Yeah. and I, I mean, it just it came off so coached. But she's eight, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe she couldn't recall.
1: Yeah, that's not bad.-. Mm-hmm. Very possible so that's usually what these detectives do they get a couple of witnesses out there and uh, do you think in a defense t- uh, case like this like a detective will go up or a prosecution case like this and be like do you want to stay out of trouble 13 year old kid then testify against this uh, testify against uh, this dude I have no
3: doubt I mean it's, it's funny to me to watch the general public react to this because this has been going on nudge and a wink look the other way for as long as I've been a lawyer yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know... We Is it un- technically illegal to coach a witness? Well, It's yeah. not technically legal to prep a witness, but yes, to coach a witness, to okay. say things that didn't happen. That's, that's incredibly illegal. And actually, for a prosecutor or for the police, it's even worse than if I did it. Okay. Because then it's a crime. You know, if I did it, it's just me suborning perjury, and you could try to charge me with perjury. I wouldn't be the perjured party, but, you know, you'd disbar me. But if a prosecutor does it, it's actually... Misadministration of justice I mean it's really Federal issue because they don't just represent The person the victim Of a crime they represent the people of the state of New York Every indictment is the people of the state of New York So it's basically like Sort of cheating the people out of justice Is the idea behind it
1: so you're in court you got Sweat on your brow you're acting all matlock And you got an eight year old sitting there on the defense Or on the witness stand um and you know she's being coached. She's saying things that are put into her brain uh, that she didn't. That didn't happen. Can you just scream? She's being coached. She's being coached, and like end the whole thing. No, you can't. You can't I mean, bring you, it up.
3: You'd have to really have some. Oh, I mean, you could certainly bring it up, but I don't know what would come of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, what I what I'm planning to do on this particular trial is when we get to the uh, closing arguments i'm gonna really hype the point about how she remembered nothing significant and yet was so clear in her details of the most irrelevant of things meaning this you have to infer from that that she was coached and that none of this happened i have other evidence
1: that she was coached too but yeah you know i mean it's a big accusation then
3: uh, yeah it is a big accusation but i mean it sounds like in this particular case they can prove that this happened uh, you know look at you know, we had Howard Greenberg on the New York City Crime Report mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and he used a term that I've really adopted now. I hadn't heard it before. I had my own term for it. But he called it police mandarin. You know, it's, it's basically, in my opinion, it's straight perjury. It's cops yeah. perjuring themselves. I mean, for example, every drug found in a car was found in plain view in the center console. Every sure. single time. They write that down. Everybody who's ever resisted arrest uh, flailed their arms in a way to avoid being cuffed. Right. They, they almost just cut and paste them right in the instrument. Now people just have looked the other way for years judges have just ignored this for years for their own political reasons but the fact of the matter is is that is
1: that's just perjury now you're doing a lot more work obviously charles hines he lost his uh what was he going for his 30th year i think it was oh, like his yeah. eighth re-election campaign he lost to this fella ken thompson mm-hmm. and you're doing a lot more who is now of course the brooklyn da you're doing a lot more work in brooklyn so you have more firsthand experience do you feel like ken thompson is sort of trying to uh clean up the uh, corruption of the police force in brooklyn he probably should. Yeah. He
3: was elected with the mandate to do that. I certainly have noticed a better tone in the criminal courts. In which way? Uh, you know, honestly, I've had DAs make me much more reasonable offers much, much quicker. They seem better at analyzing and assessing a case. Okay. They seem much more... I, I mean, simply put, the attitude is just better. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, Brooklyn was... It was notorious that they were under siege. I mean, Brooklyn is known as catch and release. Yeah. So um, it's got
1: more of like a surfer vibe now, kind yeah, of going in yeah. there with flip-flops, stuff like that. More like a civil rights vibe.
0: Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Justice. Yeah.
3: yeah. More oh, like, interesting. A, you know,
1: you sometimes think
3: you're at like a Roy Wilkins rally or something like that. Oh, but, very uh, good. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, well, cause he's, I mean, he's the DA of among the poorest minorities in the city. Right. And he was elected under that mandate, under the hipsters and the DAs and right. the poor people. Because, you know, Joe Hines' time And Joe is what everybody calls him I, I yeah. don't know, it must be his middle name or something mm. Charles Hines everybody I, feel like you him can't, as I hate
1: the nickname that's a name <laughs> yeah. you, gotta be like, you know, like Charles, you know, you know, Big Dip Like that would work yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Joe, that's just another name, you
3: can't do that Right, yeah, I, Joe Hines He, um, you know, he he outlived Brooklyn
1: yeah, my I'm name Brooklyn is Charles Hines. You can call me Joe. I'll just call you Charles. I don't like it. The, whole, he, the whole his whole personality is based on a lie. Yeah, there
3: I don't you go. like that. That's a fair way of putting it. Yeah.
1: and he's a white elderly man. At some point, I suppose you get so. Is it possible to be in public office for thirty years and not have corruption on your hands? I mean, it, it just seems like it's human nature. You have interwebs. You have you know uh, communication with people. Well, I mean, on a regular I would basis. say this is. I mean, the corruption of the system has just run deep.
3: The corruption of the system has just absolutely run deep. I mean, the rise of a variety of factors. But as I said, it's police Mandarin. I mean, think on police Mandarin. Right, They could yank you out of your car. They could search you. They Mm -hmm. could find in a closed container... Um, you know drugs and then they can just walk in and say you had that on the center console and everybody just lets them get away with that right. it just flies in the face of the fourth amendment it flies in the face of the constitution and it's, it happens hundreds of times each day in, in the courts throughout the state of New York Yeah, I, I mean that's institutional corruption that's right. beyond just any kind of corruption but I mean as for running for office in the state of, well well, one do, does it we'll see Yeah, you know I can't think of any stupider thing than to run for office in the state of New York Yeah, he seems like a first-hand ticket to a federal indictment these days. Well,
2: looks like Ken Thompson is trying to clean out the office a little bit. This was just released today. Ken Thompson fired nine uh, ADAs and two staffers that were
3: holdovers from the Charles Hines administration. Well, goodbye. I mean, honestly, these were the, uh, this was the attitude in Brooklyn. I mean, you know, you would try to conference a case. and I'm like, we're not interested in office. Are you fucking kidding me? And I, I actually many a times jumped in. I was like, you know, don't fucking swear at me. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you know, if we're going to use the F word, I'm going to use it back to you. That's just wholeheartedly inappropriate. That has all stopped. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just a simply better attitude. And I know you can get supervisor conferences now. You can do a lot of things that you just couldn't under, under Charles Hines. It's actually making me want to see if the conviction rate is going to go up.
1: Yeah, because of course uh, Brooklyn notoriously difficult to get a conviction. And when I did grand jury duty, that was the c- thing: cops would come in and testify, and it would almost it would hurt the prosecution. No one believed uh, what they were saying whatsoever. Well, and this is the crap. Why? For yeah. years they've said. I mean, it's been this kind of liberal versus conservative, white versus black
3: mentality. Oh yeah, well you know black people aren't going to put their own in the guillotine. That's utter bullshit. Right. It's crap like this. Scar Scarlella. Is that how I say it right? Scarcella. Cal- Scarcella. Sorry. Yeah,
1: he sounds like a I bad never breakfast here. I mean, yeah. yeah, did you eat your scar? This morning, Tom, did you eat it? Oh, god, I'm choking it down. I hate this Scar mom,
3: <laughs> yeah. But no, he really, I mean, this is the problem. I mean, it's, right. it's not that they're you know not willing to convict their own, it's people like this. And these there's are there's too people- many people in Brooklyn have had this experience, right. mm-hmm. they simply know what can go into a conviction. I, I actually think they're far more informed than the rest of us because mm-hmm. anybody who's ever had
1: a police counter. Mm-hmm totally believes everything Scarkella did. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you have that, uh, the former commissioner here, the bald guy, big fat fella. He got... Ray s- Kelly. S- not Ray Kelly, the guy who got sent to prison. Uh, oh, Bernie Carrick. Yeah, mm-hmm. Carrick. He got sent to prison for three years and then sure enough, as soon as he gets out, we need prison reform. <laughs> it's terrible in there. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, bro, you didn't know that? You were sending people there for 15 years before yeah, you got Yeah, you were only a
3: police commissioner. would feel <laughs> yeah. that you should have some experience. Bro, I had no idea what... They- now, did you know they lock them up? Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) like bars. There's bars. And these are the same type of assholes who who brag about it being catch and release. And I've said to many a cop, I've said, no, it's because you guys do it.
1: Yeah, and first of all, catch and release is a term used for trout. Yeah. These are like human beads, you know? It's a, it's a, uh,
3: well, I, you know, a know I'm a an trout fisherman,
1: and I always think catch and release is an
3: incredibly cruel thing. I, I don't remember yeah. what comedian who said it. It was sort of like running into passenger or running into pedestrians and letting them cross the street is yeah. what catch and the release always felt like yeah. in any form. But no, I mean, that was a joke. They always said it was catch and release. I said, oh, they're all against us in Brooklyn. It's like, well, now you know why. Yeah. I mean, you're, they're being railroaded. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and there's mean, nobody is, standing up for it. So I mean, should
1: we just, this is just, I'm just going to say this, and it's a bold statement. But you know what we do here on Top Hat? We make bold statements. Yes. Should we just get Italians out of the police force? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that what needs to happen? It, I, it, it's always the Italians. <laughs> oh, no, the Irish play. Apart. Oh, the Irish, okay. Yeah, any, yeah. I, any I nationality, you got to get out. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, frankly, it's institutional now.
3: Yeah. I mean, you could have you could have a black cop from the hood, and he's doing this, too. Because this is right. the definition of what being a police officer is. I mean, do you That's think. That's the scary part.
1: Do you, would you get rid of, uh, like, um, their. Um, you know, they have to make a certain amount of arrests each month no. yeah. Would you get rid of that? Do you Absolutely. think that plays a negative role? I think Comstat probably. I mean,
3: Comstat's been in place as long as I've been. And you explain Comstat. What is that a short Comstat is a statistical analysis okay. system that shows. It's supposed to show where high crime areas and how to best direct your resources. What it's become is almost a quota system. It's mm-hmm. it's the numbers that they use to determine if felonies are rising and climbing. And they actually call the majors in to CompStat meetings and they drill them in front of the police brass, humiliate them, they're known to demote people. Okay. And it's all about getting your numbers down. For example, I had my car broken into just the other day. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have to call the police for the insurance. I'm, I have no laughable solution that anybody's going to actually solve this crime. Yeah. But they took my GPS out of my um, glove box and smashed my window. Well, you know, the cop wrote that up. He failed to write it up even as a, as a larceny. And he wrote it up as a criminal mischief misdemeanor, despite the fact that the window cost me $380 and anything right. over 250 And when I said, you know, this is actually a criminal mischief felony. And he's like, hey, I got my mandate now. Yeah, we got to get more. You we know, don't. He just can't said that, them. just, just straight as, up. It's as I said. Well, I, I looked at him. He's been on the job five years. He's known nothing else. Right. He was raised by the numbers. So they're almost. the
1: I mean, it comes to a time where they're just like fast food workers.
3: Uh, in many, many regards, just, you yeah. could argue that. Yes, I, I mean, it's every they chicken certainly sandwich are about is the, the same.
1: Yeah, and just make the sandwich. That's it.
3: And I've heard that you know, in individual, you know, patrolmen actually get commendations for
1: doing things like that. So you know, they want their crime rates to be down in these uh, in these uh, parts of the city, mm-hmm. and then don't, So then the cops feel like they're they're doing a good job. Well, it's really more politicians and commissioners keep their jobs. So yeah. then they get more money, and they can have a nice campaign mm-hmm. sign that says, "You know, crime is down." Let's just put does. it this way: since the economic
3: crisis, yeah. y- you know, you're, you're working class guys, um, you know, and it's you take subways, you mm-hmm. walk the streets. And when did you move here? What, when I moved here in
1: 06. Okay, yeah. and you, Same. Marcus, 06. Yeah. All right. Do you feel the city's really safer? I feel it's actually gotten worse. I moved here in 03. I mean, I live in Williamsburg. I can't say that it's not no, safe. But I, well, here's what I've said: I'd I've, say Brooklyn's definitely gotten. I've lived in some pretty shitty mm-hmm.
2: Brooklyn
3: neighborhoods, Bushwick, but here's what outside. I'm seeing. I mean, even Best I see I've riding the train. I see year. much more homeless, much oh, more mentally yeah. ill, much more stuff than I ever did. Yeah. I see much more beggars, I see much more things like these These don't create the image of a straight seat I'm starting to see graffiti again hmm. You know, when I moved here in 03, there was no graffiti And yet, all the way through We've seen a decline in crime every single year The right. murder rate has oddly stayed pretty consistent But crime has decreased every
1: year well, Yeah, it's tough That's, to really mess with the murder rate Because if they're dead, then you can't like, Yeah, you can't call well, that an assault Reanimate them <laughs> real quick Let me quick. ask you
2: this though, the murder rate, does that include manslaughter? What? Does the murder rate include manslaughter? Is the murder rate only first and second degree murder? Well, it, it, it could be that they juke the stats to take it down The manslaughter. It's very
3: possible they do. My understanding of the murder rate is it's charged first and second degree murder. Okay. Even whether they don't get convictions or not. That's irrelevant to the comp stat numbers.
1: Mm. Right. So do you think the major problem with the corruption is the not reporting of crimes or the over-reporting of crimes?
3: I, I think the problem with the corruption is just systemic. It's both. Yeah, it's the it's they they don't really teach people how to establish probable cause. They don't. They just say, "Look, it. You find drugs in that car. We'll give you the language you have to say when you go to court." Right. You know, they They, give. They did all.
1: they repeated the exact same stuff. Mm -hmm. That is very very true. Every time they would come in and testify. Yeah, you. I mean, you saw it in what? One week in grand jury. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks of hell. Holy Lord! I mean, you
3: should see. I mean, you should. uh, Half of my cases, uh, they, you could actually just interchange the names for what they actually write on. Right. Mm. And, it's, and, you know, here's the thing. We, I have a case out in Nassau where two police officers just yanked a guy from a car and beat him. It was caught on camera. Two of my guys were arrested by those guys. And weeks before I saw that video, they said the exact same story to me. And, you know, you, you're always mistrustful to a certain extent of people right. in the system. But, I mean, when I hear the same stories year after year after year and they're exactly the same, you believe them. And what Regardless th- of who's telling them.
1: No, is this? No, this is going to be in Nassau County. That
3: was in Nassau, yeah. The Low Judas arrest.
1: Oh, okay. Is it now? Have you ever uh, been able to get convictions on cops? I feel like they're tough ones uh, to get sentenced. Uh,
3: wherever you are, I mean, you know, Brooklyn's actually one of the few where you can. I yeah. Mean, Nassau, God, no. I mean, Nassau. See, here's the real. Even problem. though he was caught on camera, I guess you're in the middle of this case now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Um, I mean, you know, they're going to charge him. He'll probably plead to something. You'll call that a conviction. But, I mean, I'd be interested to see if that went to a jury, if a Nassau jury would convict. Because here's the unwritten thing. Right. But, uh, and there's there's an answer to what I'm talking about with this police Mandarin.
1: Nobody really cares. About the people who are being arrested and abused no. by the cops. Nobody doesn't. I,
3: people out here like the crime's going down. They hear that. They think, I'm going to vote for Bloomberg because he's going to keep Ray Kelly there. I mean, Ray Kelly left a very popular man among right. the voting population. Not among the population of New York, but of the ones that are reliable votes, Ray Kelly is still well liked.
1: What do you think about this Bratton character that? DeBlas well, the, in there?
3: Bill, I don't like him. Well, he's uh, the
2: originator I, of Comstock. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy that brought and, it and, all in.
3: Okay, Damn. I mean, he's he's pretty much the, the the spokesperson, poster child, founder of it. Yeah, you know, and he was, I, you know, I that to me when when. Bill de Blasio appointed him. That just proved to me his progressive agenda is just a complete sham. Right, right, right. It's just it's just to get votes. If yeah, so yeah. you
2: want a good representation of uh, of Comstat, at least, I mean, I've asked him about
3: this, uh, The Wire. Excellent episode. Uh, yeah. Excellent is, season on Comstat. It's, yeah. Third season, I believe. Best season of the show. Yeah, it's really... Um, I'll contest that with you. <laughs> but um, but uh, anyways... Fight, um, fight, fight, yeah. Fight, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the fourth. But um, anyways, um, no, but that is an excellent example of what a ComStat meeting is. And they do a very good job of what effect ComStat has on policing. The yeah. problem they're going to have now is if you ever did take a progressive reform, you have entire forces trained under ComStat. They're going to have no idea what to do. So they're just brainless drones. I mean yeah, I mean be, at this
1: point it almost feels like we might as well just have machines be our cops if it's all standardized uh, stuff anyway. I, I mean, all, look
3: at I would think so. I mean, you see you see occasionally like a large indictment on a major ring, but they're even really you don't really see the major rings and I mean usually it's like some 24-year-old who got really busy. So and you, those are all made with undercover buys. That's all they do. Yeah.
1: So you have someone like this, uh, how many people do you think are in prison right now? Let's just stick with New York in rikers that are innocent. Are innocent? I'd say 10%. 10%. ten percent. Ten percent. It's
3: hard to say. Innocent such a weird word. Yeah. Um, innocent. I mean, look, how about we say not guilty? Uh, yeah, not guilty. You're probably looking at a bigger number. Mm. I'd say probably a quarter. Certainly not guilty of what they were charged with. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, look at my drug example. Nobody's going to really deny they had the drugs on them. Right. It's how they accumulated them pursuant to a search. That's the real issue. Right. You know, and that's so, I mean, are they guilty or innocent? You know, I mean, it's like they're clearly guilty of possessing drugs, but should they have been found guilty? Absolutely not. They should have never been able to find those drugs. And, you know, those are the securers and the things that protect us as people. Right, right. Those those raw. I mean, people get like, oh, well, you know, all's well that ends well. Well, yeah, except for. You know, when you're pulled over and pat down, they find you have a colostomy bag. You know, it's a pretty humiliating experience. Or, you know, they take your phone and find out who you're talking to, you've had pictures of. I mean, these are grotesque invasions of people's privacy.
1: And they're able to do that. They can just grab your phone whenever they want to.
3: Well, no, not really. But who's going to stop them? Right. And who's going to believe you unless you actually have it on camera or you have some sort of witness that's above reproach? Right. So in Brooklyn, you're saying that,
2: like, I mean, just to say, like, the in Brooklyn... They're less likely to trust the cops. But Say like
3: Manhattan, they're more likely to trust a cop's testimony. It depends. Manhattan is a very unusual jurisdiction. Yeah, it seems like it. Brooklyn, I mean, Brooklyn's got the perfect storm for not trusting police now. You've got a lot of like minorities yeah. who live in neighborhoods that are being unduly targeted. Right. And then you've got the white hipster crowd who vote with the minorities. If not live among them, you know, um, right. you know, that's that's Brooklyn. I mean, Manhattan, you've got those do good or intellectual liberal types. You've got the minority neighborhoods, but you've also got a lot of the, you know, died in the wool victims of these alleged crimes. So Manhattan goes either way. Queens is much more conservative than Brooklyn. Queens, you get a lot of the store owners, homeowners, shopkeepers, the traditionally conservative suburban type people.
1: So you have someone like this Renta case and, you know, these, this is the guy who the prosecution said did it and regardless if you're on the jury, um, I guess he's just now, he's just become a symbol of somebody who shot another dude in the face and they just have to send a message. Well, I mean, I think juries in general are inclined to think the guy sitting there did something.
3: Right. I think that they all... Do you all think that's
1: have, because they come in in shackles and they do that whole thing? I mean, they're not supposed to see that. Right.
3: A jury's not supposed to actually see them in shackles, but I think that they feel that if it's gotten this far... That something must have happened. And this something guy did right. have a record. He was a, a petty criminal, nothing sure. horrible, but he did have uh, some priors. Usually the wrongfully convicted have some priors. Yeah. You know, usually they really do. Um, it's unusual, though. You know, they, they don't. If they don't, yeah. but yeah, I mean, and, and I don't, you know, I don't really know too much about the facts of Ranta's case. Yeah. I do know that it sounds like he was very innocent from people yeah. whose I, opinion I trust on something like that.
1: And yeah, I mean, the I'm not sure if we talked about testimony. this on the last one though. But have you you've had a couple of people who you felt were innocent, yeah, and they were found guilty. Uh, I had one that was found guilty. And how long? And what was that case for? It was it was actually for failing
3: to register as a sex offender. Oh, okay. And the guy had clearly registered, but then the DA really went on this tango to make it seem like he she basically altered the indictment, and the judge allowed her to do it to make it seem like he hadn't complied with the other conditions of his sex offender registry which that DA was actually later fired for doing things like this. Oh, okay. And swept under the wug.
1: Um, we had the conviction. Under the, real, rug? <laughs> the oh my, rug? rug. Oh my goodness, I can't believe the, the judge is sweeping this under the rug. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I guess. It's like the having these cartoon characters being Under the rug, yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: that's weird. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, I, um, you know, they, they kind of, they let her resign. Oh, they allowed her to resign. And they allowed her why to Why aren't these people
1: prosecuted? Why aren't prosecutors who cook the books, who put people falsely in prison for years, ruin hundreds of lives in a, in a career? Uh, why aren't they prosecuted? I'll tell you exactly why. They hold the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. They know where the bodies are buried.
3: And if yeah. you put that kind of pressure on them, they're taking the whole ship down with them. Yeah, because no, no one's what, clean. What's that? No one's clean No one's clean I mean look at all the Just the stuff I talked about Which every prosecutor In the office has handled a case In which drugs were found In the center console Mm -hmm. And then you prosecute one For doing something wrong She's gonna start talking To anybody who will listen Right Let me tell you about Manufactured evidence Let me tell you about this Let me tell you about These witnesses Let me tell you about How I know police are lying Blah 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 Suddenly You know You've got a rat ship Everybody's fleeing So
1: it's just fear It's just fear of the whole thing Crumbling down Mm Hmm. Yeah you know, I represent an escort
3: agency. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Can I get a discount? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> oh, please. They'll probably charge me I can't I... get a discount. Oh, come on, <laughs> folks. So, uh, no, but anyways, and, uh, you know, the madam said, she's like, look, I'll tolerate a few petty arrests of my girls here and there, a few prostitution charges. Sure. I don't mind paying lawyers. It's cost of doing business. She says, they ever did a
1: targeted strike at me. She says, I'm taking everyone with me. And so she sort of got her little black book, sort of a Heidi Fleiss type situation. Yeah, cops have come to her, got blowjobs for a couple of years and things
3: cops, like that. Cops, senators, prominent actors, TV personalities. I mean, this is a good agency, right? Um, they're an annuity. I mean, they're going to you know, pay for my retirement someday. Oh, All that's that. great. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, get you a couple of girls to go with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Julie's pretty open-minded. <laughs> <laughs> <So bad. laughs> But yeah, I mean it's it's that's the thing is is that that's that's your answer in my opinion. That's why I think nobody really ever does too much about it.
1: So that's why, I guess, the removal of Hines and now uh, Ken Thompson coming in there to take over, that sort of uh, led to a breath of fresh air. Obviously, those nine folks just got let go, those ADAs, mm-hmm. and uh, and now this uh, Scarkella is uh, under investigation and stuff like that. Well, Hines but has his, his own that.
2: problems, too. I mean, well, Hines, oh, is the- oh, oh. Hines has uh, some big problems. All right, what are some of these? Yeah, he's uh, being investigated for uh, using $1 million yeah. of seized drug money to pay <laughs> for a consultant for his failed campaign uh, for district attorney.
3: Yep. I, wasn't the consultant Barry Caymans or Barry Caymans was involved as the consultant? Yeah, yeah Barry
1: Caymans. he's this judge that you were telling us uh, about.
3: Yeah, Barry Kamens is a very prominent judge in New and York And he wrote State. books and stuff like that. Yeah, he, I mean, he wrote the manual on search and seizure that I use Okay. Um, fairly regularly, as, as men, many others. He lectures at colleges. I think, you know, you're somebody when you have a wiki page. Yeah. Oh, He's definitely. got his own wiki page. Was, we were
1: talking about yeah. it. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to the program or all the shows here on Cave Comedy Radio. Get us a wiki page. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how we can't have a wiki page. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta get this done. This is a legitimate network. It is. <laughs> just, you we know, two well, million
2: hits last week. Uh, well, what no, not last last month. Whatever, Marcus. Why <laughs> a little bit? What's wrong with you? Yeah, so uh Kamen's how he's involved is that uh he was he's uh the twenty-seven page report that they released based on what uh this guy actually did said that Supreme Court Justice Barry Caymans, who oversees the city's criminal courts, uh, wrongly, yeah, he's the administrative judge of the yeah, criminal yeah, courts. He's the boss he of all holds the other key. judges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he uh, wrongly engaged in political activity by a sitting judge, uh, which means that he improperly advised Heinz on his campaign while he was a sitting judge. This is completely against the, the Very rules. Very much against the rules. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, judicial ethics, that's completely against the rules. Now, Cayman says he did absolutely none of this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, I can't go hypocritical at this point you know innocent until proven guilty and Mm -hmm. i'll be frank i kind of want barry cayman's to be innocent i thought he was a very good judge yeah he's been relieved of all of his administrative yeah i mean he's a rational guy he tends well i mean he's a lawman yeah and i mean he is the kind of guy who he had a ton of credibility which gave him a backbone a lot of judges don't have Mm
1: -hmm. when you
3: wrote the book on something when you speak on it your words ring out a little louder yeah and um you know i mean he would look at things like he would be willing to look beyond you know oh well this guy's a bad guy and go no but this search was completely improper i'm suppressing the evidence Mm -hmm. and he was he had some real courage and did the things you did you're supposed to do as a judge that a lot of them won't but i mean he did you know when the system when the when the tentacles of the system get as high as him it's uh, you know it's, it's systemic it's it's
1: a good rational judge. I want to ask you a little bit off topic though there was just a case involving Slender Man ah. uh, which is of course a what very the fuck is that <laughs> is other than a, like the, the shittiest sh- video game I've a, ever seen it's a creepy pasta it's just a tall mm. Slender Man yeah. it's a horror story Yeah, that's yeah, it, all it is it's a horror story
3: that did you became, see the uh, Conan O'Brien on that the clueless gamer no when he's like when it's being explained to him and his answer is like is this a European thing <laughs> it could be he's the Slender I mean, Man <laughs> <laughs> he takes the children's <laughs> chestnuts you
2: yeah know? does
1: like a Dana Carvey character. I mean, it yeah, just, yeah, it's, it's such a used.
3: stupid fucking thing.
1: It's like, very silly. It's, it's just it an internet descriptive, thing. Yeah,
3: and, and people are very, very into it. Yeah, it. It Wasn't like, it invented though by the video game makers? I mean, uh, it, it's, it's, it it was it's as legitimate game. Game. as like a Ouija board. Oh, I mean, yeah, mean it's, it's, it's less basically. legitimate than a Ouija board. I mean, yeah. it's something that was invented Marcus, within the last five years. You know, the Ouija board was just invented by like... You don't know that? That's not
2: true. That is not true. You don't know that? We don't know the origins of the We just haven't found the original
1: Ouija board, and when we do, we will use it for good purpose. <laughs> um, but Marcus, these, we do this a lot, you and <laughs> I Don't bring rationality to our irrational beliefs, please yeah. Please Good God, you're going to crumble all that we live This for. is why I've never been on last podcast oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. oh my goodness No, I'm the voice of reason on last podcast yeah, I know. will show you how crazy that show gets And Ben will believe most things that are written in a book Oh you yeah, well, now they wrote it Well, hell, you like this Cayman character yeah, so yeah. I guess we both kind of believe everything that's written yeah. down yeah. But, uh, but these two kids, obviously They're 12 years old, Waukesha, Wisconsin I believe yeah. my home state uh, they stabbed this gal uh, took her in the woods stabbed her 19 times they're 12 years old they're being charged as adults because the crime was so violent and brutal what do you think about that I, to absurdity. me it's insane 12 yeah. years old you are not not even remotely close to an adult my, my home state also they stat believed the also they believed in Slenderman yeah which doesn't that like make you think oh they're children
3: yeah yeah. No. I mean, it's as I said, my state set the the record with uh, we charge the eleven year old. Mm-hmm.
1: And w- I mean, what do what are your thoughts on that?
3: if In Michigan, depend, correct? Yes, Michigan. It was it was the and it was you know they charged him with murder when he was basically playing with a gun he found.
1: Okay. And so this should be the this is the fault of the person. I mean, this who had the one gun is at least a
3: real first degree murder right committed by children. I mean that one it was really. Really quick No, this one is not well, uh, uh, Murdered. The, the, the girl kid's lived. still alive. Yeah. Oh. So, well, so it's just a crappy attempted
1: murder. Yeah, like, yeah. They a crappy <laughs> attempted... You've Slender, been charged with Slender crappy Man attempted. was not
3: going to be happy with this. <laughs> no,
1: he's not. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like... I feel like now as a society, it's becoming more and more common to just sort of toss these... Uh, well, we are an astoundingly cruel society. Yeah. I mean, I
3: actually just did a conference with um, lawyers from all over the world. And... I mean, we Americans felt like the Spartans of the legal system. I mean, these guys are talking about justice and how judges will look at things a certain way and the people, the victims don't get as angry. And we're over there like, you know, yeah, well, he was nine years old, but they're going to put him in the electric chair. You know, like, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how you know, this is why I drink and have no hair. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean it literally was they were. They were absolutely horrified. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I explained the whole three strikes laws in California. Crazy. I explained, nice. um, you know, I explained New York's felony sentencing structures on drug cases. And, you and know, I remember I remember, it was a Dutch guy literally said to me, he goes, you know, like, I feel we are out drinking and I feel I should make a joke, but there is nothing funny about this. And if the uh, Dutch can't find something funny in yeah, it, like, exactly, oh my goodness, yeah, they're I, a funny I, culture. Yeah.
1: They, don't they wear wood for shoes? <laughs> I mean, they're yeah. always joking around about something. Oh, yeah. I want to get to that, uh, the felony drug scale. Let's talk about that. When I was doing, uh, grand jury i thought the jury made a bad decision there was a vial of somebody got busted with a vial that was full of heroin and weed the same vial and they threw out the weed charge but kept the heroin charge and i wanted to keep both of them because i figured at least there's some wiggle room so the heroin's the charge that they want to get like that's the bad drug but now that they threw out the weed charge there's no wiggle room at all to be like we'll just charge you with weed or whatever
3: well i mean there's not gonna be any wiggle room after an indictment anyway
1: yeah what's what's the felony drug uh scale I mean, you know, it's it's you know. Let's say I have a let's say I have an eighth of weed and like three hits of acid mm-hmm. on me.
3: Well, they recently changed it, and I don't have it memorized like I used to. But uh, you know, I mean, you know, you have a prior drug offense and the sale of a one-on-one, uh, you know, sale of less than an ounce of crack cocaine of yeah. any of any quantity of crack cocaine can lead to a two to twelve sentence. Right. And I mean, now here's really where it becomes very offensive. Um, sale of crack of any kind is considered a B felony. Okay. Now, the other B felonies are attempted murder, gang assault, um rape, robbery, attempted, you know, as I said attempted murder. Right. Um second degree murder, kidnapping, arson with total destruction of the building and the sale of any amount of crack cocaine. Any amount of crack cocaine. Which means you now have a B felony committed by thousands of New Yorkers on an absolutely, probably hourly basis. And every deli that size,
1: uh, sells five hour energy as well, well. Because it does the exact same thing. Crack, is, it just keeps you awake. Well, no, but cocaine, it's very different. Right. The sale no, of I cocaine is Obama a much lesser... I think Eric Holder changed this law, though, didn't he? In the feds. Oh, so not not uh, at yeah. the state level.
3: No, New York. New York just altered their sentencing guidelines to okay. make it a little fair. But um, you know, you can you can do alternative sentencing in a lot mm. of ways now that you couldn't previously. But no, I mean that's that's that right there was always the absurdity of the quote unquote Rockefeller laws.
1: Yeah. What do you think about these? Uh, what do you think about these privatized prisons and uh, the uh, the coincidental? Um, uh, war on drugs and the uh, the crack epidemic of the 80s. Do you think the CIA put crack in the streets? No, but
3: I you know, I certainly think that the privatization of all things up to and including private prisons. The people that invested in private prisons really saw an opportunity. Yeah. I don't think it happened any conspiratorially way. I think that crack Developed organically, and people found a way to make a ton of fucking money off of it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I know you work on
2: immigration immigration law as well, uh, and that you know, Obama has deported more immigrants than any other president before. And I also found that a lot of the
3: uh, immigration detention centers are also privately Almost run. Almost all of them are privately run, my yeah. understanding. They get seventy five dollars a day from the feds. <laughs> Well, what about this? and there are also uh, labor camps as well. Yeah, I mean, well, why it's it's all slavery. Well, once labor, you get down yeah. south, up yeah. here they're just holding patterns. Yeah, yeah. Up up here they're just they're actually not as terrible up here. The ones down around Texas like, and Arizona Louisiana, think, and I mean, Miami are awful. Yeah. Do
1: you would, you would you would you say it's fair to equate it to modern day slavery? The U.S. prison system right now. It's certainly modern
3: day Jim Crow, in my opinion. Yeah, in that you marginalize the lower classes. I mean, it's an economic Jim Crow in a way. There's not very many rich people in prisons. There's not very many middle middle class
1: people in prison. I mean, even when you are very wealthy and you get sent to prison, you get sent to a special prison. Bernie Madoff is pretty much in a retirement home that he can't leave. Well, Dan Barry.
3: I mean, I'm not sure I'd call it a retirement home, but it's still, you know, there's not a prison I'd really want to be
1: in. No, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I will give them that. Although and maybe a Charles Manson is kind of with a bunch of fun ones. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, he's literally it's like a it's like a, it's like a Marvel supervillain compound. It really is, and yeah, actually, Supermax, like, right? Yeah, it is yeah. Supermax. But like, occasionally they get together. Can you imagine just be a fly on the wall with conversations that they must have had? Yeah, because you've got
3: like a couple of the September 11th guys. You've got like mm-hmm. Ted Kaczynski over there. You've got. I mean, your last podcast should broadcast from there. Oh, right, oh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be you know.
2: California Supermax or Colorado Supermax. It's like it's whatever
3: the Colorado one is. Yeah. I don't know if Manson's in that. I think California has their own kind of lesser version of it. Yeah, where they have like you know Ramirez is in there and like all well, the yeah was yeah Ramirez was in there and you know
1: stinking that whole place up with his terrible yeah, breath. Yeah, <laughs>
3: Green River or something like that. Yeah, yeah of course. I mean. So, but uh, yeah, no, the privatized prison. Well, I mean, you know, we had a great example of how it can go horribly, horribly wrong in Luzerne County, Pennsylvania. What was mm-hmm. that? That was. Um, It was a private juvenile facility. Okay. Yeah, you've been you were involved in this case. I I actually, yeah, I was. uh, So these
1: people are making money off of sending children to prison, like that movie Sleepers to some degree, to some degree. Yeah, yeah.
3: Only, I mean, on a much, I mean, you had people who were posting nasty things about a teacher on Facebook, right? Getting sentenced to ninety days, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Give us the details. I mean, basically, there were there were two judges, Carnahan and um, Civarella. And they were investors in the company that built the brand new juvenile facility. Oh my! And um, it turned out they were actually getting kickbacks from the people who ran the juvenile facility to give kids, children, longer sentences in juvenile facilities.
1: I mean, this is up. This is on par with Jerry Sandusky. This sounds like a child sex. This ring is. Almost. This
3: is. It's horrible. Is what it. I mean, one kid committed suicide rather than face going to the place. Yeah. I mean, inappropriate. He was. He was. Well, and and what, this
1: is a proven case, and these judges have been prosecuted? Yeah, I was
3: actually asked by um, a reviewing committee to find out how this happened. You know, how where were the lawyers? And I, you know, before I even investigated, I said, I, I guarantee you I know what I'm going to find. Mm-hmm. We all have to live in the community. You know, no lawyer dares go challenge a political institution of a sitting judge and expect to keep his career. Right. And uh, that's really very much what happened. In Pennsylvania, it was it was really a terrible scandal. It's I mean you talk it's to awful. the people who had to live through something like that, and yeah, and you know, and then actually they worked out a deal with Sivarell and Carnahan. Um, I think they were going to plead to eight years, and the judge just berated the prosecutors. The judge he ended up before he says you're out of your mind.
1: Yeah, what did they end up getting? I think twenty.
3: I think one got twenty seven, and one got like twenty nine years.
1: So it seems like some justice in the case happened. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, people are suing them, but I mean it's useless now,
1: right? And how did the, how did this case come to light? I mean, how did the power structure? I, get what broken? really what
3: happened, happened was, is I believe it was the girl, the Facebook girl. I think mm. she was a famous. She posted something about like saying this tweet, and it was really something absurdly innocuous, right? It was something like you know we should all like not do our homework this week just to show this old bag, you know, right. something like that.
1: Very typical,
3: yeah, yeah, just the sort of crap you'd say in the schoolyard and never do. Yeah, I, I mean, no, I never there, did my homework. I showed all those teachers. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and look, it it led us all here today. Um, I'm doing a
1: podcast for free. Please, I'm yeah. a testimony
3: to what a straight C student and athletic scholarship can accomplish. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, but um, it's um. And, and and yeah, I mean, I believe actually what happened was is sh- her father just couldn't live with this, and he contacted a chapter of the ACLU. Great. And the ACLU took a look at this and was like, "Well, I wonder if they're you know they I think they actually said is like I don't think I mean it just sounds like he went a little nuts, but we'll see what we can do." And then as soon as the ACLU got involved, they were flooded with people saying, "Well, that happened to my kid, and that happened to my kid, and that All happened the, to and my how kid." how
1: big was this town?
3: Uh, it's Luzerne County. I think the biggest city in it is like Wilkes-Barre Scranton. That can't be that big. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not that big. It's, it's uh, you know, Wilkes-Barre and Scranton are, you know, they're cities. I think they're like 100,000 people or something right. like no, that. Hell
2: no, man. Wilkes-Barre is uh, 563,000.
3: Five hundred,
1: oh, but yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, is that big?
3: Yeah, damn. Well, it's a million. Yeah, I mean, oh, well, that's but actually really just, scary when you think about it's it. It's terrifying because that's a city that's a half a million people that this happened in.
1: Right. So it's enough you can get a good group of kids in there and you know kind of fly under the radar for a little while. I oh. mean, this is. A- but think about this: it's it's the old drug companies make a
3: make a ton of money marketing a disease, not the product. Right. That's the that's the key. I mean, suddenly we all have restless leg syndrome or some other made up, okay. up shit.
1: Yeah, we're not. <laughs> I don't <laughs>
3: want to get into the restless leg. Syndrome yeah, but uh, uh, you know, sad. but. It, it, when you say was it a conspiracy it, in a way it sort of was I'll give you this it's you'll note that as America went more privatized in things like prison you see that sentences get longer and harsher mm-hmm. and the reality of that I think that is something that occurred organically because it's. I think they marketed the disease and that they have the solution and which the,
1: the disease is the fear of crime yes Yeah.
3: I think they very much marketed the disease they're you know I think they had vested interest and they have to convince politicians that there is an epidemic out there, that the streets are running mad, that we're in, you know,
1: Roman times. And and, I mean, this has sort of been used, I guess, in 88. That was the Willie Horton ad, right? That Mm -hmm. was the uh, Dukakis. Yeah, yeah. Dukakis, uh, if
3: you do anything progressive, Willie Horton's going to rape your children. Right. But I mean, it was before that, too. I mean, it was, you know, you had Ronald Reagan screaming that, like, crack will... You know, embody all It's a full-scale epidemic, and that he's going to come form a joint task force with the DEA, the CDC. Meanwhile, AIDS is actually yeah, that, well, and he doesn't yeah. give a shit. I was just going to say,
1: Rock Hudson's calling the White House. He's yeah. like, oh, "You still got that weird cancer, Rock?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just
3: yeah, yeah. It really was, and it was you know, but there was no solution to
1: AIDS, mm-hmm. yeah. so there's no
3: sense in marketing the right.
1: disease. So and you so- think, as a society. We have been completely... We, we completely buy the idea that it's just a very dangerous world and the people in prison deserve to be there even though the number is just astronomically high. I think it's, it's really, 2.5 million now. I mean, very few of us have ever
3: really been the victim of any kind of significant crime.
1: I mean, your GPS is gone when you're yeah. lost in Louisiana <laughs> on some sort of bizarre you know, camping trip. And I grew up, up around upset. Detroit,
3: so I probably have the heg up on most people. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think that in creating that fear, we also get far more offended by crime. I, uh, you know, I was actually... Um, I guess you'd call it mugged or bag snatched in the subway. Yeah, you had your purse with you? Yeah. You know what. <laughs> it. <laughs> it was it was dress up Saturdays for the well, I had Pope. that really nice bag I have. Yeah. You know, the one. Um and it's it was a very like, nice bag. It's yeah. a nice bag. <laughs> yeah. A stealable yeah. Oh, bag. It's, it's very nice. Okay. Yeah. And I was well, I was on the actually it was over here on twenty third and Eli Avenue. Okay. And um
1: I was walking That's right by the police priest. Right. It? Yeah.
3: I was actually uh, strolling down that uh that uh conveyor belt. That they have, that you know, because when you're lazy and you don't want to walk,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah court slight. Square, the Court Square, oh, that's yeah, it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, the floor conveyor belt. Could we get any lazier? Yeah. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Yeah. I like the escalator. You know that makes sense. <laughs> oh. I can walk. Oh, nice. and yeah. yeah. people, did you were you walking on the conveyor belt? Uh, yeah, that's how this thank, whole thing got started. the God. God. But I'm telling you, the people that stand on the conveyor belt, uh. you're not a prince. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? It's not a walking
3: standway. What is wrong with these
2: people? Moving walkway. I
1: hate the whole thing. And I, I kid ran
3: by and he grabbed the hook of the bag and I actually got a hold of the other hide and I yanked it and he fell down. Then his friend came up from behind and tried to grab it again and I yanked it and we both fell down. Cool. And then the kid still had his hand on it, so I hit him a few times and then the other one hit me and then there was some. It was Fleet Week, so there was some <laughs> Navy guys and they just grabbed the two kids and laid a beating on them. Oh, I mean, that's great. Yeah, it was. And then they don't you know, see a lot
1: of action in the Navy. Yeah, I guess you
3: know, and it was um, but uh. You know, then, you know, they had to go to grand jury, do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And the prosecutor asked me, you know, he's like the attorney asked if they could go to a, you know, juvenile diversion program because they turned out they were like 16 and 17 respectively. Sure. Um, and I said to them, I said, you know, I I, I don't want these kids to go to prison. And I mean, how long
1: that, do you think they would face for something like this?
3: Uh, it's a, it's a, actually turned into a B felony robbery. They'd probably look at five to t- five to ten somewhere. Just in for range. stealing
1: your nice bag. Fuck. Well, because we ended up in a
3: fight. Oh, my goodness. Because right. the kid ended up hitting me. Right. So now it's by force. And I told the DA, I said, no, look, I know you've got that, like, gang diversion thing. Stick them in that. Mm-hmm. If they plead up front to a felony. They get that. I don't have any problem with them reforming themselves. But they've still got a felony on their record. No, no, no. They would dismiss the felony oh, at the okay, end of it. Okay. And they were youthful right. offender. And I said, I didn't have any objection with youthful offender status, which is setting a fine. And uh, he couldn't grasp that. What do you mean? The DA was like, well, we're planning to ask for, you know, seven years. What?
1: What? Do they get off on it? Do they not realize these are real? I mean, seven years. Again, we've been here since 06. So we're coming on, what, our eighth year, ninth year coming here? And you imagine the amount of work that we've had to do just to get to the position we're in now. Seven years is a huge amount of time. Well, I you mean, mean, don't you learn your lesson in a week? Especially because you only figure they go in at 16 and they come out at 23. And they come out bigger, badder, meaner. If they ever get out because you got to have a fight in prison, then yeah. they charge that with a felony as to well. To go and do it again. Yeah.
3: To go and do the same thing again. And to me, it just seems stupid. But honestly, the DA, it took me a while to finally say, was like, look, I, you know, if you're going to ask for those kind of numbers, they're going to want a trial. I'm not showing up. Yeah. Subpoena my ass. And then I'll walk in, and I'll tell the jury the same thing. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't see any need to charge these kids. And I don't think most Americans have that view of crime. Right. I think I think most of them... Not were, so compassionate. My partner didn't grasp it. I she mean, was like, I want a felony for certain. I mean, I guess if
2: you look at the public's perception of the death penalty in most states, I mean, that's all you have to see. Yeah. Is that the, if people are down for the death penalty, that just creates a culture of fucking revenge. Mm-hmm. Like we need
3: revenge as much as we can possibly fucking get. Oh, and let me also throw just... This is, this is a side note. Liberals, I'm sorry. The death penalty is legal. Yeah. You think it's legal? You think the, I have no doubt it's legal. The Constitution execute? refers
1: to it at no less than four places. I just feel like they got to do it right. Like, well, that yeah, I mean, poor that's... dude who died in, of a heart attack. He died of natural causes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on, on, during the death penalty. I mean, that's not good. Well, I mean, my issue with the death penalty is is that I know
3: how the system works, and that actually turned me anti-death penalty.
1: Yeah. oh I, I I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm I've been against the death penalty I think forever and, I, just I mean, don't it know no, it's no moral thing it. but legal it is
3: legal it's yeah you think it's legal constitutionally legal absolutely it's 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 referenced as I said at four points that you can take it away you can take away life liberty as long as you use due
1: process of law right but the but the due process of the law is completely flawed though so that's, that's the real problem that's the problem yeah what do you think about solitary confinement
3: that's mm, uh that sounds like it sucks yeah hell on earth <laughs> uh yeah I mean it's Well, it's, it's, it's ironically, I did a little research and it turns out it was started by the Quakers as a humane thing to reform people. But yeah. it's become, one, I mean, it certainly keeps us in the category with, like, Turkey and Mexico. Well, the like, Quakers, the des- of our
2: they decided in the 1800s, when Cruel and Unusual Punishment was the regular thing, they decided that it was too cruel. People yeah, where yeah, well, you, you know, could 1800s. still, like, quarter people.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, When you could quarter people, draw and quarter them, <laughs> rip them apart with four horses. They decided that solitary confinement was too cruel. They're still using the
1: guillotine. I mean, there are all yeah. sorts of things. And we, and we didn't have it until the 80s. Again, until the privatized, uh, privatization of prison. Mm-hmm. Because it's much more expensive to house somebody there. Have you ever known anybody who is in solitary confinement? Oh, yeah. And what do they, uh, have you ever gotten a chance to discuss how they feel about it or what their uh, emotional state is? Um, no. I mean, I'm, you know, I've never
3: really talked to them directly about it. I can tell you they are among the most disconnected from reality people I ever have dealt
1: with. That would be by, on purpose. I mean, yeah. they're, they're among
3: the, you know, the cruelest, the what's in it for me sort of mentality. Yeah. of the people I have. They have no conception of an overarching sense of things like justice or even what they did. I mean, do you, you think... Know? I mean,
1: but that goes into like the mental health argument. Do you feel like the most people uh, that are in solitary confinement, they have... I mean, these are not the sharpest wits around.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, not a lot of them, but I mean, you know... Mumia Abu-Jamal has been in solitary for decades and he seems pretty smart. Who is this guy? He's the uh he was the guy in Philadelphia, writes a lot of books. Cab driver that
2: was uh that supposedly shot uh, a guy during a robbery. I think he did.
3: You think he did? <laughs> well, I know, I think he shot the cop.
2: Oh yeah, he yeah, cab driver shot a cop, that's what. Yeah, it I, think, okay. I think, I a lot think he people probably say did. Rage shoot Against the, the, the Machine cop. wrote a lot of songs about him. Oh, yeah, all all right. he
3: became a real liberal folk icon. I think he probably did kill the cop. Uh, questionable as to why yeah I will say this though one of the reasons he 's still in jail is because he kept using his whack job friends as attorneys mm, yeah you don 't want to do that and and and, and getting irate, and a lot of his books are about how he wasn 't allowed to use his own attorney and i 'm like, well, the guy you brought in wasn 't really an attorney he was some guy who called himself john africa
1: <laughs> you <know>? right, right, <laughs> right right right. Just, you
3: know, but you know he 's kind of there on his own volition, yeah. but um you know but yeah, I mean he seems smart enough and and I think that I think it's a twofold. I think it's a way to kind of punish the mentally ill, and I think it's a way to yeah. punish those we find the most offensive. I think if you're already, like Damian Eccles
2: as well, West yeah, Memphis 3, you know, he spent a lot of time in solitary confinement. And yeah, he came out, and he's, I mean, of course, he's got blind his Blind as a bat. <laughs> yeah, blind as a bat, you know, wrote a book, uh, and he still has his wits about him, but. He at least was a celebrity in there. Yeah, he exactly. And so him. is uh Hal. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, he's also a celebrity Central too. Central Park 5. Yeah, they, these people are celebrities. They get some interaction. But these other guys,
3: they don't get any. You know, you say the disconnected, uh, you're unplugging these people from humanity completely. There was a major hunger strike that got almost no press that had prison officials beyond terrified. Yeah. Um, I think there was like, it ended up being like 44 or 45 inmates. Uh, It was all over the country, but I think it started in Colorado. And I may have my facts wrong. I think it actually started among the Aryan nation types. Okay. Um, But then it spread to the other gangs.
1: Yeah, so their uh, swastika but, tattoos were getting all drippy and stuff yeah, yeah. and just not looking good. Well, I mean, it was. It got
3: almost Bobby Sands style, hmm. where some guys, you know, they when, by the time it ended, they actually had to, you know, have doctors brought in to figure out how they were going to re these guys. What happened?
1: I mean, do you feel like, is there anybody worse than a prison guard? You know,
3: I have to say this, and this is going to sound very different. My experience with prison guards has generally been positive. But you work with a lot at Rikers, I suppose. I work with a lot at Rikers, and I work— I mean, Rikers, Rikers is probably the worst of them. I work with a lot in the suburban counties, um, you know, like Nassau and Suffolk, and I find most of them have grasped the very dire situation they're in. In what way? Where they're gross—where they're, where they're almost outnumbered six to one. Right. And, I, you know, unarmed, most of them, too. And, yeah. you know, flies with honey Is I find most of them Are easier to deal with Than a lot of other actors in the system Yeah um, And that's I mean, I, they're know,
1: sort of low level in the system they're Now you the, can see how
3: very quickly it could turn bad
1: yeah, Oh, yeah I mean, there was just <laughs> the case in Rikers Where the prison guards sodomized the dude I mean, it happens all the time
3: I, I mean, and it's, it's And I mean, I do I, I actually feel like I would give them A little bit of a pass because, you know, the guy who, I guess he, like, starved to death. No, he uh, overheated or yeah, he something. Yeah, ba- they baked him. Yeah, They baked I him. Really...
1: I mean, the guy's asking for help, though. He's obviously But see, here's the thing. I've walked
3: them. down those aisles. Yeah. And everybody's screaming for help. I mean,
1: they are in need of help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, they, you, but when you're
3: talking about like, a
2: county jail here. I mean, what, do you think there's a difference between the county guys and the federal guys? Uh,
3: you know, once again, I've had much less experience with federal detainees. Yeah. But right. um, I, I do have to say, once again... I find the guards, at least in dealing with me, mm-hmm. um, I've had a much better experience in dealing with a lot of other actors in the system. But, as I said, I can see how it can jump really bad, and I can see how it's oh, yeah. uh, it's a it's a grueling place to work, and I can see how to attract the less-than-stable among them.
1: Yeah, you I
2: know? mean, I
1: don't understand a person who would ever want to do that as a career. No, I can't imagine that either. That is insane. I don't me. even like to Cl- visit there.
3: No. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and I do it enough. What does a prison smell like? Um, sweat. That's it. It smells like sweat. Um, the holding pens at the courts are the worst because they smell like sweat, urine, bad baloney, insanity—you name it. Mm,
1: baloney, though. <laughs> yeah, but that's what they give them to.
3: That's what they give them to keep over baloney and a little carton of milk.
1: Oh, so they really I've want never them to never been able to eat bologna
3: the- in seven years. Ugh. I smell the holding pens every time I see it.
1: And they put people in these pens. They put them in the stand-up crates and things before they get uh, you know before they go out to trial and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, do you think they have to be that shackled? Do you think we need to have these people, you know, really just treated like cattle before murder?
3: Yeah, no. I I mean, I I think— It's overkill, right? I think it's really—a lot of it is ridiculous overkill. But, I mean, you know, it's—it's liability, I suppose, and realistically, it's— I mean, it's liability, but it's also—those things can be manufactured
2: and sold uh, and— So, of course, you get the people who make the
3: rules, you know, are getting money from the people who make Let the equipment. Let's just put it this and way. It's, in I mean, Nassau it's a different County. form of the military-industrial complex. Right. In Nassau County, they're all complaining about having to wear bulletproof vests, because they're uncomfortable, hot. The defendants? No, the, the court officers. The court officers. They're all officers. bitching about having to wear bulletproof vests, because they're uncomfortable, they're hot, and they're court officers.
2: When was the last time there was an attempt on the life of a court officer? It was, like,
3: in Georgia in, like, 94 or something like that. Right. But... When I mean, of I'll course, I... I decided to find out why they had to do it. Mm-hmm. Of course, some like contractor who's related to a judge <laughs> got a hold of a ton of bulletproof vests and he had right. to sell them. And so, I mean, it's it's literally that blade We just it's redid just, the phone system oh in the New God. York City courts because right. I found out like some brother of some high-ranking OCA official opened a phone warehouse. Some company. dumb shit son-in-law <laughs> married yeah, yeah. some
1: dude's daughter, and he's yeah. just like, okay, what are you into? Okay, less padded seats. All right, fine. <laughs> Every courthouse now. Now uh, less padded, padded, seats. padded seats. Yeah, we're I mean, doing seventy-five percent less pad. I don't know why. We're just doing it now. Interesting
3: side note. You know who at one time was uh, making a ton of money off of prisons? Who? Bob Barker. Really? Bob Barker had a company that provided like toilet paper and oh, napkins God. and things like
1: that. Wow. Well, well you, you didn't to- win that on the prices, right? <laughs> like. Yeah, I, I actually I didn't. What, believe- what Bob? What didn't Bob Barker have his hands in Spade and neutering? <laughs> he's the neutering prisoners. He's banging all those gals while fl- uh, flipping over the numbers on the uh, on the show. My goodness! And now he's funding all the TP in prisons. Yeah, I mean. That's insane. <laughs> Marcus oh. looks horrified. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it just about
2: Barker's such a wholesome
1: part of growing up in oh, America. He's a schmuck. He's a schmuck. This is like Dick, Dick Clark in the Michael Moore documentary. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh, how oh, did yeah. you make yeah. us hate Dick Clark? Oh, Michael. man, I hated Michael Moore for that. Leave <laughs> him alone. Leave Dick alone, for Christ's sake. I can't even count down from anymore. I mean, anymore. sure, he's oh. made himself millions off of what's apparently bonafide, indentured servitude.
3: Yeah. But, fine. But he's Dick Clark.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what, what would be something that could be done? I mean, how would you begin to, uh, I mean, how do you begin to get people out of prisons once you get them in there? You know, I mean, where do, where do you, get, I mean, you go back to like the 70s rate of like, what was it, 300,000, 350K were in there? And now obviously we're in the millions. I mean, how do you even begin, I mean, how I mean, Obama's think- trying to do it at Gitmo before he does it here. And I think that's what's so upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, no, I, I think you have to do something systemic at a very young age. With the kids, with the yeah, offenders. Yeah, I think it's got, I, I mean, you know, by the time they, you know, come out in their mid-twenties, I think you're
1: well too late. And they're nuts at this point. I mean, they're, they're gone. They're
3: bonafide. They're gladiators. They can't That's what vote. those places are. They're gladiator academies. Right. Actually, I think in California, there was one where they were actually staging gladiator contests yes, in they the were. prison yard. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah, the prison guards were making bets on inmates mm-hmm. for fights. Fight club. Um, I mean, it's just Tina club. Turner. Master now, as awful Blaster as that stuff. is, it would be something
1: <laughs> worth seeing.
2: I yeah. would. not I mean, yeah. <laughs> sure. I feel
1: real bad about it for years uh, afterwards. But I uh, think we have it. It's called boxing or UFC. <laughs> I mean, you can go see gladiators fight. Yeah, but those guys have something to lose. What? Oh, so you just want to Inmates, see? So nothing. you want you want mandingo fighting? <laughs> you slave owner? What's wrong with you, people? Good God. <laughs> Ah, oh, the hypocrisy of
3: American liberalism. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're so good at it. No, I'm sorry. I've always wanted to see a gladiator fight. I would prefer the participants in it to be voluntary, but, yeah. you know, I mean... Sure. Rodeal. I'm
2: going to let you uh, borrow God of the Rodeo. I think you'd love this book. Yeah? Yeah, it's about an inmate rodeo that was held at Angola Prison in Louisiana for decades. Well, that's an uh, interesting place oh, in but this snow. was but Oh, but this was actually
1: yeah. a reward for the people. Uh,
2: I mean, it was actually a reward, but yeah, people this. did uh, describe it. The only way they could describe it is gladiatorial, but sure. with bulls uh, sure. instead of uh, people against people. But, yeah, they said it was absolutely cruel to watch, but the inmates...
3: Were into it. Of course, uh, they
2: were. Yeah, but it was just. Uh, it's a very. It's a great book about
3: the American prison. The rodeo. System. You'd love it. I was just thinking of what. What. What could make the rodeo possibly more. Dangerous and dehumanizing. Yeah. Oh, give it to a bunch of people who have nothing to lose. Yeah, give yeah, it to eight who seconds have nothing... of a bull ride. Win yeah. is like more important. People than... that have nothing to lose who oh get my. almost
2: zero training time to get right. to do yeah, it yeah. once a year. Yeah, and they did. I mean, they did all the classics like bull poker. You guys know bull poker? No, what's it's that? It's where you uh, get four guys in an arena and you have them sit down at a poker table and they have to play. Sit there and play poker. They let a fucking vicious bull with huge horns out into the arena. and the last person sitting at the poker table wins. And the bull just goes straight for him.
1: So you really don't get a good game of
2: poker. No, you don't. I've seen it done before. It's a fucking.
1: You know what's amazing? I mean, why? who even comes up with these ideas? The South really has like a talent for cruelty.
3: Yeah, we're
1: real <laughs> good at it. I mean,
3: it's astounding at
1: how it's good fun people. for them. Yeah, it really, like the Germans.
3: Because it's like it's it's yeah it's I mean it's not only do you get to potentially watch people destroyed, you often usually have to hurt or maim an animal in the process. Oh yeah, yeah. right.
1: And no one is safe. No. say, Jim? What do you say to a person after they got convicted to 25 years to 25 years to life or something? I mean, you just look in their eyes and you just see them just crushed um yeah and what's the have you ever had a super i was watching oh my god i don't even know why i was doing this to myself but i was watching nothing but conviction videos on youtube and uh people react uh differently mm-hmm. and usually um, a lot of fainting a lot of like freaking out and those, then just yeah. and then just like still stunned shock
3: i'm proud to say that anybody i ever represented who had a real significant sentence um Probably was guilty. Yeah. Every time I've ever lost. Do
1: you feel like you ever have an innocent person go?
3: Uh, as I said, the one time. Just the one, one time. time. And, you know, I've had some people who have questioned whether they were innocent. And, and thank God, most of my innocence I've been able to work out to where it's either dismissed or an ACD or something innocuous for them um, rather than risk a trial. I've only ever done two trials on an innocent person. One was the one I told you right. I thought I lost, one was the one I won. And uh, that was a touch and go one, too. Right um, That one I was very happy with do Those um, keep you up at night a little bit more Innocence is much worse Yeah I totally. do this fucking job to represent innocent people That's, that's <laughs> right. absurdity No it is They absolutely do Yeah Because if you're sure somebody's guilty Or if you know you have a good case but they are guilty You can swallow it a little better mm-hmm. You it's, did your job You tried uh, Well that's just it You did your job In my opinion you know Whenever I lose a trial I didn't do my job
1: appropriately.
3: Right. I've how never the, felt comfortable with
1: it. how is that the night before uh, when the when you know the jury is gonna decide? I mean, I guess you don't really know, but I mean when it goes to jury, that just must be pretty tense, especially in a case that you're super invested in.
3: You know, I hate to say this. I, I don't find it tense until the jury's actually out because you're doing so much work. Yeah. You know, I mean that's the thing is the night before is act the night before it goes to closing statements and jury charge is my hardest night of a trial. Because that's the night. Because I don't write my closing arguments until I'm very close to the end of a trial, mm-hmm. because I think that there's things that come out that need to be included. In yeah, like it, this that eight-year-old
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Things stuff.
3: like that. So I write it, but I, I memorize all of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm de- And I mean, you know, I've I've given closing arguments that have lasted as long as four or five hours. Wow. And um, you know, I've had to make notes on those, but I still memorize my points. And I mean, I'm I'm writing that. I'm going. You know, on and on, over and over, in my head. Also, the jury charge itself is usually quite a battle to actually get what the jury's going to be told. You have to argue, you have to make legal concepts, and I usually start putting those together right that night too. So, I mean, it's I very rarely get a lot of sleep the night before a closing argument, and so that though, but what that does is that really precludes you from thinking too heavily about what's happening. Right. But um, no, it's when the when the jury's charged and when they're out. I mean that and kinda it's just kind of you with your thoughts and everything that went wrong and right is really the worst part. Yeah. I, you know, and it's usually they usually finish it right before lunch and like try to eat
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> just Get a go
1: gurt in you or something. And so then at least. you got like
3: that. You, then you're like, you know, you're weak from because you didn't have your lunch. And then, like, you know, you've got like that headache that comes from yeah. hunger pangs. And, and the only th-
1: sandwich you got is bologna. And, and you're like, it, I don't yeah, eat that anymore. And it just drags on and on and on. And, mm. and, and you know, and it's, if you have. How would a, you describe that tension, though? Because I was watching this Belmont Steaks yesterday, and there's this, what was it, uh, California Chrome. Yeah. He was going for a triple crown of river. So they're all in their stocks. And, uh, like that tension before the race, it's like intense, you know, yeah. and, uh, and then it was like, go. And then, I mean, it must be so much more intense. I mean, this is beyond sport. I mean, this is life and mm-hmm. death stuff when the jury finally has their verdict, they hand it to the judge. And before that judge speaks, I mean, what, it, I mean that, what is the, what's the feeling in a courtroom?
3: Uh, it's, it's, I mean, that's crowd on its feet. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's down to the wire. I mean, that is definitely, I mean, you know, there's is some, it addictive. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously not for the guy who's about to go to jail or walk free, but uh, that's probably right, the right. only time he ever wants that experience again yeah. in his life because he already just had to sit through one of the most terrifying experiences oh. in humanity—a trial by jury, mm. trial mm-hmm. by twelve morons who couldn't get off a jury duty. Right, you know, who right. were carefully picked by a bunch of people with a agenda. Um, but uh, no, it's it is it is it can be addicting. Yeah, I mean, I think the trial guys absolutely love that, but it, it's absolutely crowd on its feet moment. The pageantry you're standing mm-hmm. the jury marches in the bailiff you know the judge comes out judge usually keeps you waiting for a few minutes cuz he's real working diva, yeah. well cuz he's working with his law secretary he wants to make sure he doesn't fuck this up right you know i mean he's doing the same thing you're doing you come out they you know does the jury have a verdict we do would you please hand that verdict to the bailiff you know take it over the judge reads it they're trained and, you know, I swear they're trained and just never revealing it. I've never been able to call it from a judge. Hmm. And then they go over and they hand it to the jury and it's, it's, it's a very dramatic moment. Now, I mean, there's less dramatic in some. I mean, I've had some trials where they weren't cutting a deal with me. The guy was guilty. We're just trying it to see if they screwed up. Right. You pretty much know what's coming. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's certainly those when it's like, you know, the jury's been out an hour and they're like, oh, we're back already. It's like, oh, we know what's coming here. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but, sure. Uh, you know, or vice versa when it's just a bad case for the prosecution that happens. But, you know, it's, it's the ones where you know you did your job well when they're out forever. Yeah. That means there's something really serious going on. Then you hear yelling. You speculate. From the jury with, room. Oh, yeah, they come yeah. out. I mean, I've had ones where the worst is is the Allen charge.
1: Okay, what's the Allen, Allen charge? Allen
3: charges is we're deadlocked. Okay. And then the judge reads this charge based on a case people v Allen that you have to go back in there. You have to go back in there and try again. And it's like as an attorney you're just kind of wanting that to be over. Right. But you know it's you know it can't be.
1: Yeah. You know? At <laughs> all. So you're saying don't play poker with a judge. Yeah. <laughs> Very straight faces. Well, I don't know. I hear some of them are some real
3: degenerate gamblers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't play poker in general. I like my robberies at gunpoint. Like,
1: <laughs> like. Uh, all right. Well, let's just wrap it up. Jim, thanks so much for oh, coming happy in. Happy to be man. here. Uh, it's, it's always the best. He's, he's a smart guy, Marcus. Yes, he is. I heard he's a lawyer. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. That's Marcus Parks on Twitter. I'm Ben Kissel on Twitter. Anything... Uh, any, any big cases you want people to show up to? Uh, yeah, you got any big shows
3: coming up? Yeah, no, no. If, if I get any, though, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly let Marcus know. Um, right. if, you're
1: around. if you're convicted of a petty crime or something like that, of course, contact uh, Mr. Jim Polk. And Maybe if you're, you're convicted of murder. Yeah,
3: sure. Here in New York State, if you're convicted of murder, call Mazzie and Polk at 516-280-9035. Visit us on the web at com. Uh, we also have a contact us page there. You can email me at james at com. Uh, 24-7 service.
1: Well, get out there and kill somebody. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I got to be your celebrity spokesperson, Marcus and I. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You'll be in the commercial. <laughs> oh, that'll be great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Who wants to be the cop? Who wants to be the perp? Oh, perp,
2: perp, 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 perp. <laughs> yeah, I'm big. I'll be the cop. <laughs> yeah.
1: That sounds good. Um, all right, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. See you.